0: Today, we take you to Kenya in East Africa with 54 million people. It is smaller than Nigeria with 200 million people and Egypt with 100 million people. Despite that, according to the Disrupt Africa, it ranks first on the amount of VC money invested in that country with over $149 million invested in 2019. It may have something to do with being the first place in Africa to have widespread mobile payments, which today is at 75% penetration rate, making it the country with the highest mobile money penetration in the world. Today, my friend Matumbe, CEO and founder of an AI startup in Kenya called FastTagger, joins us. He highlights trends in AI on the continent and talks about his vision on using AI to address the unemployment and build more technical talent in Africa. Hi, I'm Dana Yao, your host on the Emerging Markets Tech Startups Podcast. While traveling to over 90 countries, I was inspired by the entrepreneurial spirit across startup communities in Africa, Latin America, Asia, the Middle East, and Eastern Europe. On the show, we bring you stories from entrepreneurs, startup ecosystem innovators, and investors. We discuss what makes these markets culturally and historically unique, local trends, local challenges consumers and founders face, and the opportunities. Let's get started. And I'm so excited to have you on. And we're old friends, so this conversation won't be different from the ones we're used to having in Nairobi in uh, The Alchemist, which is our favorite spot. So tell us about yourself. Your history is fascinating and you as a local Kenyan there's so much to tell. So you you tell us.
1: My name's uh, Butembe Karuki. Interesting fact is that Butembe means traveler or one who uh, likes walking and Karuki actually means uh, back from the dead. Wow. So, um, I I grew up here in Kenya. So was born in a small peri-urban town. Um it's actually, you know, was known for Producing some of the you know worst criminals in, in the in, in in Kenya back in the 90s, but um, I think I was really fortunate that my my parents uh, really worked to you know focus us on on education. And, um, my first ever interactions with technology was through my dad, and you know he he got some um, computers that were being you know thrown out by one of the companies you know as they do every couple of years and. Somehow within the computer, there was, you know, um, the, the, an AI program. You know, it's called Eliza. I think it's one of the first ever chatbots, AI chatbots. And I used to play with it all the time. You know, talking to it, it was giving really horrible answers. Um, and today, you know, um, Elon Musk's company, uh, OpenAI, just released an, a, an a really, really powerful um, Um, AI API conversational API and which is so different from from the way that was working and you know I just slowly you know got interested in in technology through that um, experience. I was very interested in tech and being an innovator um, and also using that to solve problems and then and so sort of fast forward to now my bachelor thesis which was on um, a company called Digital Divide Data, which was providing digital jobs for young people doing transcription and they were funded by uh, not, not really funded, but actually they were given a software, um, a grant, about 250,000 by Microsoft. So you see how technology was, yes, it was creating value for Microsoft and creating value for digital divide data and for their customers, in terms sort of digitizing um, content um, in, in, in terms of transcribing, and then also changing the lives of these young people because they were learning very basic skills. Instead of needing to have a four-year degree they could have, you know, a, a few weeks of learning how to use, you know, Microsoft Word and bam, like you have a job, you're getting a bit of an income. You can use that to, you know, to pay for your college tuition or to start a small business, you know, back home, uh, things like that. And so this, this was really interesting for me when I, when I was doing my thesis.
0: After that spark.
1: So what can be done with technology to transform people's lives more? Right, And so two years, came back to Kenya, um, joined, a, joined an impact training organization. So I ended up training at um, YALI, the Young African Leadership Initiative by President Obama, former President Obama. Um, and, you know, again, it just still got me thinking. And so I quit. that's when I quit my first job because I'm like, ah, I got to set up a company and, and a tech startup. And we went and we, we got third place as, at a pitch competition at the IHUB then. So I was part of the iHub community then. Uh, but then, you know, the challenges of building a startup, it's not about winning a, a, a pitch c- competition. So, but then those connections gave me a lot of ideas. So we were focusing on data. So we were seeing how can we create, you know, um, you know like analytics that can be able to connect. We were saying we will be the Uber for connecting clean tech to consumers, right? And we'd build an interface that was, would be able to, to chat with people using USSD, And that data would sell those profiles to um, clean tech companies. Um, you know, we were sort of getting some sort of movement and some sort of traction. And then Kenya went into election. And so I ended up saying, OK, I still want to be developed to, to, to stay in the tech ecosystem. But how can I do it? And so I joined the GIZ. So I applied for GIZ, joined GIZ and set up a program um, called. Uh,
0: you explain GIZ?
1: Oh, sorry. Yeah. So the GIZ is uh, part of the German Development Corporation. So it is the it's like a private public entity of the German government.
0: And what problems were you solving at GIZ?
1: A lot of cre- conversations about job creation. How do you create jobs in Africa? Because if we don't create those jobs... They, uh, the prediction is by, I think, twenty by about 2050, the population in Africa will about, be about 2.1 billion. And the average age today is already 18. So, you know, we'll, we'll be having a lot of young people. And so how do you create opportunities for them while automation is coming? While, you know, automation in agriculture means, you know, just a tractor coming in to increase, you know, productivity will mean that the seasonal employment of Young people in the rural areas, who are the majority in Africa, will be gone. So, what will happen to them? Right. And so, I started really thinking about employment, how to create employment. And so,
0: we share similar fears on this side of the world of AI taking jobs. I think I'm a bit more optimistic. If you look at the Industrial Revolution, that was another time where technology just exploded. And yes, it probably took away some jobs, but it also created a whole new market for example the invention of the steam engine allowed more global trade the creation of the light bulb which enabled more productivity and lastly the telephone was also invented at this time enabling communication in long distance and so much more so if we learn from history innovation and technology has always brought us forward, of course not with our next negative externalities, but I'm curious to hear how that realization of wanting to focus on unemployment led you to tackle the problem.
1: The um, professors uh, was talking about how AI was going to disrupt everything, but nobody, everybody was talking about how it's going to disrupt in Japan, in Europe, in the US. There were, we were about, two, we were about three, three, three Africans there, one from South Africa, one from Cote d'Ivoire, and myself. And you know, we were 100 people, and very few people talked about Africa. And I remember getting up and asking a question when they we were, we were talking about the disruption of AI and saying, what's going to happen to Africa? We're going to have 600 million young people on the continent right, um, between the ages, you know, of 15 and 35, right, in, in 2050. If, if automation is going to take away jobs in Japan and the rest of the world, and we do, already don't have many established industries in Africa, what's going to happen? So he didn't have an answer. He said, well, education. And I'm like, okay, how do we educate that amount of people in, in such a short time? And so I came back to Kenya. And unemployment,
0: and I, like you said, yeah. is already a big problem in the market. Can you talk about what the current rates are?
1: Yeah, so, so, so Kenya, it's, you know, it's anywhere between, especially youth unemployment is anywhere between 60, 70%. That's youth unemployment, right? General unemployment is, a, so youth is considered 15 to about 35. Right?
0: So tell us, how is FastTagger tackling this problem of unemployment?
1: We've decided to focus on, you know, using, as fast aga, how do we we want to create opportunities for the millions of young people on the continent who are unemployed to be able to get into the AI data labeling market and be able to earn an income and at the same time upskill them to create, you know, the data sets and the AI that is needed to solve African problems. But one of the big challenges still remains um, internet access, right? So, um, right now, on the, on, the, on the continent, they're saying there's about, you know, population-wise, in, in about 2018, there were about 200 million people who had access to the internet. And by about 2025, in about five years, there'll be about four, four, five, 500 million people who will have access to the internet, right? Kenya. So right now, we're about a population of about 1.1 one, 1. 1 billion people. So that's saying that roughly half but that's still a problem, right? Because approximately by, by 2025, will be probably 1.5 you know, uh, billion, and that's only a third of the population which will have in access to the internet, right? And then speeds again are, 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 are a question. But then I see that as an opportunity. Having this uh, 500 million people having access to the internet, and a lot of them will be young people, is a huge opportunity for us, right? Because AI needs tons and tons of data. They say that the the space in 2023, the space for um, third-party labeling services for AI will be four billion dollars. Right, that's the market size. But the interesting fact is that last year it was projected that it would be one billion dollars by 2023, and in the space of just one year, because of all the changes, it's going to be four billion. So that's you know, crazy growth, right? That's about like, a, um, and in 2028, this market was only $150 million. So that's a 26X growth, right? And to it's only gonna
0: keep growing as people realize use cases, new use cases exactly. that AI can be used for.
1: Exactly, and, exactly. And that's where we have a, a benefit. Uh, uh, we're lucky as Africa. And because also the, the smartphone pre- penetration and internet penetration is growing, right? Um, again, it'll be about 66% by about uh, 2025, right? And so, again, more, multiple smartphones, meaning more access to the internet. And
0: What is your vision for having Agro enable more internet access to people?
1: We've been very, very fortunate that during the COVID times, we have not invested in any physical infrastructure where people would be in. So now we're working with young people who have access to the internet and laptops at home. But eventually we do want to reach a point where we're actually able to help them. You know, by doing this work, they can afford to pay for owning a machine, right? Or owning their phone, right? And what that will do is that besides them just uh, doing this labeling work, they'll be able to own phones and get access to the internet. And this is like, a a, a door to all the kind of knowledge that they can get because we've uh, we've done a partnership with a company called Liquid Telcom and they have a platform called 21st Century Skills. So right now we have about 100 um, people working on our platform through a partnership with the government. So the government has uh, a a platform called Ajira um, that connects young people with, with their digital jobs and so we've become a partner for providing digital jobs. And so we got access to about 170 of them, and already 100 of them we've given them. Oh, sorry, about 70 of those we've given opportunities um, to earn an income. And I think some of them have earned up to like, uh, you know, $150 in a month, uh, you know, through opportunities on the platform.
0: much is the local Kenyan making?
1: So, so, uh, so I can tell you, per year, um, they say um, it's about. About nine hundred dollars a year. So let's break that down to about yeah. That's that's average. Is
0: that that's enough to live on average. in Kenya?
1: Yeah, it's 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 not. Um, I mean,
0: so they're earning more than they would what they would normally be earning, basically yeah. from data labeling, which is more flexible work.
1: Yeah. So, so because the the, the the space is big, right? So they can work with us, then they can go on Upwork or Fiverr or another platform. And get another additional income and another additional income. So we are we are we are complementing. We are adding to 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 the income sources that they can have. And now with our collaborations with with the, with Liquid Telcom, now they can also upskill themselves uh, because the vision we have is, is bigger than just labeling. You know, we see this as labeling is the beginning of AI. Right? Um, any company which is going to be doing AI also on the continent will need infrastructure around that. So that's cloud. And so you need cloud engineering. And so on, on this platform, they can take courses around that to get them introduced to the space, right? And as they're doing AI, they're, they're getting an interest. They're, you know, these are really smart young people. Their, their interest is being picked around, what is this? What am I actually doing? You know, I'm tagging cars. I'm tagging this. I'm tagging that, right? Um, I'm labeling this. Uh, what is this?
0: And are these college graduates or these are just young people who have never been?
1: So, so we are finding that it's a mix. The, 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 the tragedy in Kenya is also that a lot of people who have university education have not been able to get jobs. So there's a lot of underemployment, right? So these this young people, some of them are university graduates, and maybe they are doing this to fill in like a gap in their income while they're in school or to pay for their school or because they don't have a job, Right. And others are, you know, just, you know, finished high school and maybe did some certificate course or diploma course or just haven't done college. But this is an opportunity they've seen. And others are in university. But we see this as an opportunity that can go to people who are beyond that. Because right now, we are only reaching the people who have access to to computers. Uh, We've created a proposal where we are approaching um, some uh, um, organizations to have a a project where we could be able to grow, and we could be able to come up with partnerships where we get a, a, a manufacturer of, of 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 laptops to, you know, uh, and then a financier to, you know, get these young people to have the the machines, and as they do work, they it pays for their machines, and this can also happen with mobile phones. Right, there are different companies which are coming up with different ways of innovating about uh, around like a you know like a you know higher purchase model where you know you get your phone and you do something on the phone and. You-
0: I was going to and talk about the latter part of the vision. You you said you know once they do the data labeling work, that will get them interested in maybe higher level becoming a developer, machine learning engineer.
1: Yes. So the idea around this is that. Um, in a couple of years, even within the continent, we'll be thinking about how we can use AI to solve many challenges, whether you're a company or whether you're trying to impact agriculture or healthcare. And so the idea is that already right now, they are doing this labeling. They are getting these skills on, like, okay, knowing how to label data appropriately and things like that. And then now we are sort of nudging them in a way, you know, behavioral economics sort of, right? Nudging them to, 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 to Yeah, incentivizing them, right? That, hey, you know, there's a downtime between a project. Why don't you do this course on the 21st Century Skills platform just as an introduction to AI? Nothing technical, just a couple of videos about what AI is. You know, Um, you get to learn about computer vision. You get to learn about MLP, you know, um, text analysis, you know, uh, you know, just introductory videos but it, it picks their interest, right? And then you say, hey, okay, you know, there's this certification program um, for, you know, it could be Azure, being an Azure data scientist or, you know, ML or, or something like that. And then, you know, you pick at the interest and then you say, hey, and so we've been having conversations with Liquid Telecom, who have the platform and they can do this. And then we've been having conversations with Microsoft where they're willing to give vouchers to do some of the certification exams. And you see, now we'll have professionals who now, when companies will be needing the infrastructure, people and the talent to do a cloud, then you have people who have been training over the last two, three, four, five, six years while they're doing some of these things, right? And now they'll have those competencies, right? And now the idea is like as a company, as Fastaga, we can now eventually have uh, an AI as a service offering to companies because now, We'll have the expertise of you know creating the data, and we'll have worked with so many use cases, and then we can offer now this. So you continue doing your core work, and we will help you implement AI projects. And we'll have these young people who over these years have gotten better and better, right? Because at, of course initially we will work with you know engineers who already know this, but then they'll be working in you know sort of the sort of tasks. And I learned this a lot in Japan: tacit knowledge is way more important, right? Of you have through apprenticeship, right? you work with people and then you get to better and better at something while you're doing things on the side. And COVID is showing that, right? You do your online classes, do practical work with someone who knows something better. And then what that also will lead us into is that we will be able to be like the uh, sort of reference of like the AWS of AI APIs on the continent, right? So we will have, Labeled data sets because that's a big gap on the African continent, like labeled data sets for different use cases. And we train those models, right? And work with these young people and then give access to companies and other organizations using this. So, um, and, and so this is sort of the vision we see. So now they'll be labeling data for the continent, creating AI for the continent, solving problems such as, you know, Um, diagnosis in in healthcare, you know, agriculture insurance using satellite imagery, which has been labeled and then put in a machine learning model to do something, you know.
0: I can see this definitely leapfrogging us. What are the challenges of developing AI in Africa? Because like the vision makes so much sense and what's stopping it from just exploding tomorrow?
1: The biggest challenge is always data. Right. Um, like, for example, right now, a lot of companies, like, for example, for text, for text um, analysis, for, 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 the, for, for building chatbots sometimes or for email, emails, checking emails and spam. You know, people used a lot of the text from the Enron um, scandal, you know, that were, were released. Emails were released freely and that's what they're using. Uh, but for, for, for the continent, if you go on the Internet, even, and just look at continent, general content. Even on faces right if you are building a, a model around you know um, uh, facial identification it's very hard to find data from Africa and so that's one of the big challenges right that's definitely one of the big challenges two is sorry oh yeah two two is um, access to, to 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 funding to to a large extent right because We've literally talked to some, you know, um, you know, investors um, and they've told us, no, I don't believe AI can be done in Africa. So I can't invest in you guys. Yeah.
0: What? Someone actually said that?
1: Yes. Because they say all the AI talent is in the U.S. in Silicon Valley. Right. Uh, And then. Got it.
0: So for them at the talent yeah. issue, they believe the processing. So obviously, you guys are collecting the data, but they don't necessarily believe the processing
1: yeah, he's is going to be able have the expertise. to be done here. Uh, but I, 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 it, it's fascinating for me because um, I, I'm not, not looking short term. Definitely, there are some challenges. Um, you know, one of my co founders, uh, our CTO, right? He, he's um, MIT. Um, he did his, his master's in MIT, he was also working on, on machine learning. Uh, while there in media, and then now he's at Georgia Tech. All top five institutions in terms of AI globally, right? And so that's just one one person who's Kenyan, who's you know born in Kenya, and, and who's now getting AI education. And we are working with him. Um, we are in a remote world, so we are building models and building platforms, you know, together. Uh, my other co-founder, she's she's amazing as well. I mean, she's a very quant, heavy quant background. Um, has done consulting and now also, you know, has a master's in, you know, data science and analytics. And right. So, yes, there's a there's a there's you can say there's a bit of a challenge challenge, but there is talent. Right. It's just that we need to identify it and focus it, you know, in a certain way and then um, support it. You know, like uh, it's, it's very easy for Google to snap up our CTO, but he's like, no, let me focus on this. Even our COO, it's very easy for her to be snapped up by, you know, another company um, that's doing data, right? Uh, but then we're like, hey, we want to do, create an impact on the continent because we see how much impact that we can have um, doing this.
0: Are there any moments that happened to you that made you even more committed on this mission?
1: Well, this was actually a hard conversation I had to listen to once um, by, by someone. Um, it was a, I don't know, but it, it, it affected me. But it, it's. It, I don't know, what, you, you can judge, or whoever's listening can judge whether it was good or bad, but someone once told me that their worldview was this, that they look at the world based on you know, cultures and their contribution to the world. And they look at the culture that has emerged in the US and the, you know, the innovations that they've done. And when, they, when this person was telling me that, well, they were growing up um, and they were learning science. They were learning physics, chemistry, biology, and they'd read the names of the different Nobel Peace Prize winners, sorry, Nobel, Nobel laureates in the sciences, like physics, chemistry, and things like that. Um, they were all from either Europe, US, parts of Asia. They'd never seen anything good coming from Africa in terms of contribution to humanity. And so that stuck with me, right? Um, the, Because I was like, if if we want to feel like a real part of the human community and the global community, we also have to show how, what we can contribute to 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 the global economy.
0: Well, we live in a world where media and history is orchestrated by a small group of people. And it's not that folks in Africa have not contributed. It's basically, it's not recognized. So don't give up. And when there are times, call me so I can remind you. And we have this recorded. <laughs> Talk to us a little bit about the challenges, either as a founder doing AI in Africa.
1: Really a lot of challenges, like um, there's a lot of knowledge gaps, of course. Um, one of the realities of successful ecosystems is that you, you, you need to have maybe a number of people who have manage companies and you know teams of hundreds of people and more um, as your mentors and advisors in helping you uh, come up and so um, because the industry is such as an infancy we don't have that many people two is because and this has this something that has been happening as a big conversation in the in the the kenyan ecosystem over the last couple of weeks after black lives matter and now there was an article on the Guardian um, newspaper uh, about the, the, the biases on the continent from um, international VCs um, towards um, you know black um, African founders. And you know, a disproportionate amount of, of, of funding was going towards, um, or the data was indicating that it was going towards international founders, particularly from the US, um, who set up companies here. And so people are feeling that there was some sort of people are saying that the data is indicating that there's some sort of bias. Uh, but a VC said it really um, directly uh, the other day that, you know, money is about trust, right? Investment VC is a high risk, high reward game, and it's about trust. And because again, the data it's like it's actually like building an AI system, right? Um, if you if you if you underfit the model with, with only certain data, right? Um, as the case that has been happened with, like, maybe, um, you know, researchers who are building a facial recognition system. Um, actually, there was one that was built um, by a, a, a camera company that had a lot of, you know, Caucasian fe- faces with Caucasian features. And so when the camera was launched in Asia and was taking photos, there were many errors, d- different times where it would refuse to take a, a photo because it thought people were closing their eyes. <laughs> Right. And in a, in a similar case, if you look at, I know it's ridiculous, but I'm now looking at this as a problem within the VC space where most of the data for VCs about success of a tech startup, what the data that has been fed in is usually from Silicon Valley. And who are, what, what are most of like the billion dollar companies? If you look, if you look at the founders, there are certain demographics. Right, the founders—they are not, you know, people born and grown up in Africa and educated in Africa. Right, so it's a data issue, right? It's it's a bias issue because of the input. But the beauty again of AI again is that it shows us these challenges and tells us that we need to fix them. So there's a trust issue that needs to be worked on, um, and so it's one of the challenges that we have. Yes, yeah, based on the data. So.
0: This speaks to something I've been thinking a lot about recently. AI yeah. algorithms can be biased, but that yeah. bias can be changed by the data you input. Humans are yeah. biased, but that is so much harder to change.
1: <laughs> yes, that's that's a challenge. Yeah. Because an AI algorithm will not feel attacked when you present it with the new information. But unfortunately mm-hmm. a human being, like no no one wants to be told that they're racist or they are being biased. Um, so, 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 we're having a lot of conversations in the ecosystem of how, how, how African founders can be trusted, you know, because it's a trust relationship. Because VC investment is like a marriage. You know, on average, marriages are like maybe 10 years this day, so <laughs> maybe it's the same, right? Um, but you are having that, you'll have that kind of like commitment because it's a lot of trust that's been given to you. So, how do you start building more trust? And then the conversation has also been how can you get more local investors? So that's now a challenge that we're having in the African ecosystem because a lot of our high net worth individuals um, or, 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 or platforms that would be putting money in in VC um, to, to go into early stage high-risk uh, ventures, um, you know, the, the mindset they also have is again a data one because traditionally they've known that investing is in land apartments. The big financial institutions know that the safest place is to put in bonds, you know, government securities, um, and maybe international stocks. So they the whole idea about putting money in in, in in startups, tech startups, which, you know, it's a crazy idea. It's not proven, it's not a proven model, you know, it's not like a public company who you can look at their books over a couple of years and make a prediction where they're going to be. So that high-risk angel capital is only imagined. We have a few networks. Like there's one called the Victoria Business Angel Network. There are other high network individuals like the current minister for ICT in Kenya, who've been angel investors, but it's still not at the level where it could really grow the ecosystem. So we need a lot of education in the ecosystem. And so that's a challenge for a lot of startups because the idea is that, you know, you are expected to have traction by the time you go to an investor. But you need money. That's
0: some of the challenges, and you probably have another. But ha- the important problem, the important question, how can people help? Like now we've heard your story. We've heard what Fast Tagger's vision is to change, not just AI in Africa, but employment in Africa, education in Africa. So for people who are inspired by this, how can they best help?
1: Um, okay, so definitely one of the things is time time in terms of um, talent if, if I mean if you, if you have certain expertise um, in tech in building businesses so so giving time so I mean at least for, for us for one um, we really want to create some sort of you know a mentorship or a, you know career development sort of a program for a lot of these young people just to inspire them to think about like that they can actually achieve a lot lot more um, so that that's one of the things that we you know, see as as a way to help, like time-wise. And then the other one is expertise-wise, like, um, and and, and networks-wise, because we are looking for more and more projects, right? Um, AI projects to work on, right? So for us, it's like, hey, if a company has an AI project and has, you know, images that they want labeled or, you know, audio files that they want labeled um, for NLP or any of that, then, you know, we would love to deliver those projects. Yeah, for, for the company. So we are looking really for for customers, right? That, so you know, help in terms of networks and 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 putting you know putting our name out there and and such. And this can also be for for other startups, right? In, um, not only us, but for us, that's one of the big things, right? Um, networks, because a lot of times we'll go out there and actually we've, we've we've deliberately not put even on our website where we are located, right? Because again, there's always that you know fear but the reality is like actually a lot of ai is being labeled in africa and in, in asia and, and things like that but yeah we, we didn't put that on our website so having those the good thing is like when when we when those networks open doors for us because again they create trust and we will make sure that we don't you know um uh we, we don't fail on that on that trust and deliver really good work so that's one, so connections and networks to, 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 to opportunities to get customers. And then, um, of course, there's, you know, investment. You know, we, we are still, we are, we are in, in one of, like, our funding rounds. We are, we, are, we are seeking investment, um, particularly and in, for our grand vision, which also includes, like, you know, getting data, labeling our own data to solve challenges in agriculture and infrastructure and in, in, in healthcare. Um, and so that that takes you know will take quite a bit of money. So those kind of introductions to to like um, you know investors. We
0: hear you, and we're definitely going to use this episode as a way so you don't have to repeat yourself, because all this is amazing, and thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. This. I I always feel like every time I talk to you, I learn something new about you, about the world, about Africa. So I I can't wait to share this with the world. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for joining us today on the Emerging Markets Tech Startup Show. If you have questions, comments, requests for me to cover an emerging market or want to be connected with today's guests, leave me a comment in the reviews or find me on Twitter at Diana Yao. Until next time,